You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Welcome into another Three Mall bonus edition. I am your host, Cole Manbeck, joined as always by former Kansas State wide receiver and partner at Wildcat NIL, Curry Sexton. Uh, as you can see, I'm uh, I'm at the Homewood Suites in Washington, D.C. right now. Curry, as usual, is parked out on uh, the porch. Appreciate Curry doing this as we're here to not, not going to talk about Baylor in last week. We're going to look ahead to the Kansas game this weekend, which I think is at the forefront of everybody's minds. We're also not going to bury the lead. We're going to talk here in just a moment about the tiebreaker situation that unfolded over the last 24 hours as the Big 12 changed the rule. Changed the rule, that's right. Uh, for people that uh, tried to hear the word clarifying from the Big 12, don't believe that. We'll talk on that in just a minute. But uh, first, I'm going to give Curry the floor to talk about an upcoming event with Wildcat NIL that's coming up in December with Chris Kleiman and Lance Leipold. It's going to be really, really cool thing in Kansas City. So, Curry, the floor is yours to uh, to discuss. I appreciate it, Cole. And actually, the event will be March 4th of 2024 in Kansas City. Uh, the idea is the Cats play in Lawrence uh, on March 5th. And so we thought we'd play off of the energy that will be surrounding that second basketball matchup. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to go live by the time this podcast drops um, on, on November 16th. We will have gone live with this event that we've that we've uh, coined unrivaled. Um, and, and we're going to, so it's going to be a, a, an exclusive dinner, uh, for K-State and KU fans. They'll have an opportunity to, uh, get a, get an exclusive, get exclusive access, uh, behind the scenes, look into the, the football programs at Kansas State and Kansas with coach Leipold and coach Kleiman. The event will be moderated by, uh, none other than, than Mitch Holtis. Uh, so really looking forward to it. It's going to be, it should be one heck of an event. Um, the, the rivalry is as strong as ever. And so we're, we're trying to give the fans a, an exclusive look behind the scenes of this rivalry and of the two programs. Sounds very cool. Apologies. So that's going to be March the 5th. Uh, apologies on the date confusion there, guys. But uh, be sure to be on the lookout for that announcement that comes out as uh, you're listening to this podcast. It'll have already have gone live and you will learn all about it. And again, as always, we tell you, go to catsnil.com. Check out for more information and details on that event. There's also the Women's Basketball Fashion Show that Curry and I talked about last week. That's going to be in December in the uh, the Kansas City area, so check that out. And then, of course, as always, just remind you all to go to catsnil.com. Check out the membership tier program and uh, support Kansas State if uh, you're so inclined to do so. There's something for everybody, an option for everybody, $10, $25, $50, $99 a month. Whatever you feel comfortable giving, you're supporting Kansas State athletes and a good cause. And as we have seen, Kansas State is doing a lot of the things Curry and Wildcat NIL are doing a lot of positive things in the community. With Wildcat NIL, they're doing everything the right way, the things the way you want it to be done and the, donating the beef to the Kansas food banks and hundreds and hundreds of pounds of beef from all of the Kansas State beef apparel sold for the Kansas State offensive line that they've been out and about giving, reading to boys and girls clubs, et cetera, you name it. The you know through Wildcat NIL, there's a lot of charity type stuff and really positive stuff going on with K State student athletes. So check them out and uh, go to catsnil.com for more information. All right, Curry, we're not going to bury the lead here. We're uh, <clears throat> we're going to get into the KU matchup uh, in just a moment, but uh, I want to get your 
perspective on what's unfolded over the last 24 hours. We we thought we had everything figured out with the Big 12 tiebreaker scenario. We thought Kansas State had a very good path potentially to the Big 12 championship if they won out. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State won out and KU won at Cincinnati. All would have been heavy favorites in all of those matchups. Then Kansas State would have been in the Big 12 ch- championship based off the way the tiebreaker was worded by the Big 12 in a three-way tiebreaker scenario. The Big 12 has since um, not actually announced anything other than leak it to their mouthpieces in the media and Brett McMurphy, as uh, we've talked about, and they haven't officially came out and announced it, but they're using their mouthpieces to leak their PR uh, thing that, that, that they've just clarified the rule, that they haven't changed it. And you've seen the language, you've seen the changes made. What What is your reaction to what has transpired? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to attack this two different ways. I think first and foremost, it's uh, objectively speaking, I think the rule is a the rule as it was was a bad one. Um if I'm an Oklahoma State fan and I beat Oklahoma Oklahoma and Kansas State and and and, and we get in a three-way tie and we don't go to the Big 12 title game, I'd be I'd be furious. So so the rule as it was was a terrible one. With that being said, you can't change a rule with 10 days left in the season. Um, and, and, and I'm not buying into the clarification argument at all. I think I told you yesterday or today, there is not a lawyer in America or on this planet that could make a, a colorable argument that the rule, that, that this was a rule clarification. It is 1000% a rule change. The rule was, was eminently clear that if, if there was a tiebreaker and all of the teams in the tiebreaker did not play each other, then go to step two. And step two set forth that you know the, the way that you assess or analyze that that three way or four way tiebreak. And so it, it's 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 not it is absolutely a rule change. And I think it's absurd that with ten days left in the regular season, the Big Twelve is is changing the rule and isn't coming out and saying, guys, we wrote a bad rule. We own it. They're, they're leaking it to Barry Trammell and Brett McMurphy and all of these different folks in the media. So just, uh, you know, Brett Yormark has a, has a really good track record so far in about a year and a half. And, and this is, this is really the first case where he's truly fumbled the bag. Um, and, and he deserves all the backlash that he's getting right now because it's just, a it, it's, it's a really unfortunate circumstance. And I think you and I talked about there are instances of other conferences having rules that are on, on both sides. You have the Pac-12 and I believe the ACC who have the same rule. That they have the same exact rule that we have that, that doesn't that doesn't include the language the Big 12 is trying to read into the rule. And then you have conferences like the AAC who have the language that Brett Yormark and the Big 12 are now trying to insert. And so you you absolutely could have made the rule what you're now trying to make it had you you know had you been had that been what you desired to do or had you had you drafted a better rule. But that's just not the case, and so really, really frustrating. Um, I, I hope that things. I, I hope that Iowa State beats Texas on Saturday, and all of this discussion and and anger it becomes uh, uh, becomes moot. But uh, just a truly absurd sequence of events here. Well, Curry, it makes the Big Twelve look incompetent because it's either one of two things: either they wrote a really dumb rule, they realized that they're changing it with ten days to go in the season after they got a little bit of pressure um, around it in the tiebreaker scenarios. Or they didn't. They had an oversight of the rule. Didn't realize they had it brought to their attention. And this is something that could have easily happened. Like when they wrote the rules, and you don't have round robin, and you don't have divisions. This is something that is very likely to occur. You just saw it with the Pac-12 last year. 
Utah, Washington, and Oregon all tied at 7-2 and two for second in the Pac-12. There was a three-way tie. Utah lost to Oregon. Washington beat Oregon, I, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Utah went to the conference championship game. Now, there wasn't a scenario where Utah, Washington, and Oregon all three played each other, so it's not identical, but there was a three-way tiebreaker. The Pac-12 had that language in their, in their existing agreement. The ACC, ACC did as well. These are conferences that had this exact setup. And so the Big 12 trying to push out head-to-head's been the, you know, this is the industry standard. Well, it's really not. Like, you're pushing that now because you realize you screwed up. Uh, but I just, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think you can change it 10 days during the season. And Curry, obviously, you have a, a legal background. I mean, I don't I don't know if you read, like, all the bylaws or anything, but is there anything that can be done from a legal standpoint? Just in from your perspective, I'm not expecting you to be a subject matter expert on this, but if you were an attorney for Kansas State or somebody, like, is there anything that can be done? Yeah, well, I, I don't know for certain. I think, uh, you know, I had actually had had, a, had drinks with a with an individual who works in the athletic department last night, unrelated to this development, but but obviously it came up. And there were a couple of, couple of points that we discussed. One was, if you're the Big 12, it's not only why are you doing this it, it, in the middle of November, but but why are you doing it? Why are you doing it now? Why not at least at the very least wait? And I know that the timing would be worse, but wait till next week. Maybe things sort itself out. Maybe K-State loses a KU. Maybe Texas goes up to Iowa State and loses. Maybe Oklahoma State or Oklahoma drop another game. But so so by doing this, it seems a little bit premature. But but I think the 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 where it, what it comes down to is, is it a clarification? Is it a change? I think you and I and many others agree that this is absolutely not a clarification and isn't is in fact a change. Then if it's a change, then the athletic directors have to vote. So so the, and that was something we discussed is well this has to go to a vote right, and so I believe they had their weekly their their weekly ads call today, and I I would have to imagine that that came up in some form or fashion. I don't know if a vote was taken. But you would think that a rule change at this juncture and a rule change at any juncture would have to go to a vote. Um, I'd be curious to see how that would shake out because you have schools like K-State, Iowa State, KU even. Some of these schools who, who maybe are, are in a better position if the old rule stays in place. And then you have schools like Oklahoma State who are absolutely in a better spot if the rule change is made. And so I, I'd be curious to see how some of these other schools view it because, again, I, I do think that you know, objectively, this is a rule change, and objectively, as it's as it's all playing out, it's a bad rule. So it, it's just a nightmare scenario. The Big Twelve has done an absolutely terrible job handling it. All those PR people that they've hired obviously aren't doing anything with respect to this. Um, just just unfortunate how everything has unfolded here. Yeah, Curry, I'm in I'm in PR, and uh, the the thing that bothers me most is just not being transparent and truthful about what's happened, and. Uh, you know, coming out and just justifying what you've done. Just just tell people, like, we, we clearly changed the rules. We didn't clarify it. That's That bothers me that they're not just being truthful on that front. And, you know, they're yeah. treating everybody like they, they clearly can't see that they changed the rule. So Yeah, you're treating everyone so bothersome. like... Hey, uh, transitioning to the game that's going to unfold on... That. Oh, go ahead, Curry. I'm sorry. No, you're you're fine. I was just going to say, and, and and what makes it worse is they're treating all of us as as fans of the conference. They're treating us like we're like we're we're unintelligent by saying, guys, come on, we head to head has always taken has always carried the day here. 
Um, and, and, and it doesn't take an intelligent person to read that rule and say, the way you're interpreting it is, is, is just, is just wrong. So, but let's move on. I think we could, we could talk about this for hours. All right. We are, uh, actually going to, uh, insert the, the interview that we did with Kansas state senior corner, Keenan Garber. It's a really timely interview as, uh, Keenan actually just had his first touchdown of his career and it came as a defensive back for Kansas State against Baylor. It was a pick six, and obviously those of you that know, and you'll hear it in the interview, Keenan came to Kansas State as a wide receiver in the 2019 recruiting class, uh, was one of Chris Kleiman's first recruits that he brought in, came in as a wide receiver, and transitioned last year just before the Big 12 championship to defensive back. It's a really cool, unique story. He's from Lawrence, very timely for this weekend with the Kansas game and what it means to him, played at Free State in high school. So uh, really looking forward to bringing you this interview with Keenan Garber and uh, just sit tight, enjoy our partnership with Wildcat NIL and uh, Riverbank Brewing and enjoy the interview here with Keenan Garber and then we'll come back with Curry and talk K-State KU. All right, welcome to this week's Three Mall Player Spotlight brought to you by Riverbank Brewing and Council Grove. We're thrilled to be joined this week by K-State senior corner Keenan Garber. But before we get started with Keenan, we want to tell you all once again about our friends at Riverbank Brewing who are making this weekly segment on 3Mall possible as they partner with Wildcat NIL and 3Mall to bring a K-State football player on the show each week. Riverbank's located on Main Street in Historic Council Grove. Terrific craft beers they brew in-house with Kansas-grown barley and hops. Brewery located just off the Neosho River has an awesome outdoor patio seating area overlooking the river. Multiple TVs outside, multiple TVs inside so you can enjoy the terrific fall weather we're continuing to have. Riverbank's open Thursday through Saturday in Council Grove. They have beer available purchase on the go so you can stock up for your tailgates the rest of this season or uh, enjoy it while you're watching college football on Saturday. They're going to be open for K-State's game against KU Saturday. So if you're not able to make it to Lawrence for Saturday night's game against the Jayhawks, but want something fun to do and to cheer on K-State, go to Riverbank Brewing, cheer on the Wildcats on one of their many TVs and enjoy craft beers and the beautiful Flint Hills. For more information, go to riverbankbrewing.com or go to their Facebook page at facebook.com slash riverbankbrewing. So Keenan, man, it's, uh, it is awesome to have you on. And uh, obviously, you get a pick six last week against Baylor, and we're going to get to that. But I want to go back first to December 3rd, 2022. I'm at the game in Dallas. I'm with my wife. I'm with my six-year-old son. I'm with John Kurtz, who co-hosts this show with me. And I think it was around the second quarter of the game against TCU. I saw, I saw it number 35 trot out on the field at cornerback we knew echo had gotten hurt earlier in the game and i'll just be transparent i'll be candid with you keenan everybody around me we we're trying to figure out who, who's 35 that just went out there we, we we knew you were number one um and so it took us a minute and then we realized it's keenan garber playing corner and i don't think most of us knew at the time you had even switched to cornerback you never played a snap at corner you came as a wide receiver so just take me through what that moment was like when you took the field as a defensive back in the Big 12 championship in such a big moment. Man, it was really just a overwhelming feeling for me. Um, it was a great feeling. You know, I was just excited to be out there. You know, we had some injuries. And so I just knew I had to stay ready and just be there when my, my number's called and just go out there and perform, play as hard as I can with the limited stuff I knew at the time. So I was just going to go out there and play as hard as I can. That's what my, my mindset was. What What were the nerves like? What Take me through like the emotions of going in in such a big moment for your first snaps and that side of the field, playing a position you'd never played before at a game. Like, uh, how, Were you nervous? Were you calm? Um, more so, I was just 
trying to focus on my uh, assignment, honestly. I wasn't really focused on being nervous or anything like that. I just knew I had to know what I had to do and just go out there and perform. So that's pretty much where my mind was at the time. Just don't mess up and just be somebody that the team can count on. So so, so take me through the, the previous week or two that led up to that Big 12 championship game. Wh- when did you actually make the transition from receiver to corner and how did that process work? Um, it was around two weeks prior to the championship game. Um, the process pretty much, uh, I just wanted to try something new. So I just, I went to coach Kleiman's office, you know, we were just talking about the future and, uh, he mentioned playing cornerback and I mentioned playing quarterback, cornerback actually. And he said, we can start your own scout team today. So I went to scout team that day and worked at scout team that week. And then, uh, fast forward to the championship game. Um, we were just dealing with some injuries that week. So they're just like be ready you never know when your time can come so i just knew i had to stay prepared for that whole week and you know i was studying with my my roommate at the time my best friend Pac, every day just watching film and just picking his brain so that's pretty much how it started yeah so i mean as a a scout team corner too you you obviously don't get a lot of reps with the first team or the second team defense and and i ask you this with all due respect keenan i mean how the heck in just one week did you know enough on what to do defensively to understand the defensive assignments and, and what all is going on with such a complicated, complicated defensive scheme that to be ready? I mean, it's so incredibly impressive. Um, really just meeting with the coaches every day and just meeting with defensive players. And like I said, Pac, uh, my roommate, I just go home every single day, just watch film and just ask him questions nonstop until I figured it out. You know, it was a, a tough process at first, but um, they really, they all caught me up from the coaches to the players for to be to be prepared that week. So just having them around just made everything so much easier. I couldn't have done it without them. If I remember correctly, also, I think you got thrown on Quentin Johnston as well, uh, a few snaps in that game, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, first round pick out of TCU now playing for the, uh, the Chargers. And, uh, you know, Keenan, I, I want to transition, you know, back to you know we're jumping in the time machine here a little bit and we'll get back to the Saturday and the pick six and what's going on this season but you were a dynamic receiver coming out of Free State High School in Lawrence and for everyone who didn't hear that Keenan's from Lawrence this is a pretty timely interview with what's going on this weekend with the Cats matchup and Lawrence and we'll get to that in a moment but you signed to join Chris Kleiman's first recruiting class at K-State and I guess first of all what what led you to choose K-State? Um, just throughout the whole recruiting process, they were the number one team, uh, just showing the most support. You know, they came to my games, came to my school, constantly just keeping in contact, messaging me, and just on Twitter. And uh, Coach Klein and Sped, our recruiting coordinator, they did a great job of just recruiting me and getting me to the camps and down to Manhattan. So I felt very comfortable with them, and they just showed a lot of love compared to everybody else. And things maybe didn't materialize as you thought when you signed with Kansas State at wide receiver and I'm sure you maybe weren't getting quite as much playing time as you would have liked and look Keenan in the era of the transfer portal most guys would have packed up and left to get a fresh start elsewhere you didn't you persevered you looked for another avenue to find success and went to the coaches and asked about changing positions why didn't you leave why, why didn't you transfer or did, was that something that you considered um, it's something that went through my head, but at the same time, I, was, I created a great bond with my teammates and coaches. You know, they've been there for me throughout everything. So I knew I wanted to stay in Manhattan, just stick it out. 
and just try to find something that works for me. And switching the corner was a great move for me. I just have a ton of respect for you doing that and, and sticking around. So let, let's go back to Saturday's game against Baylor. And I know you've been asked this this week. I heard you asked it on post-game radio, but you, you get your first career touchdown and it came on defense. And I know when you signed with K-State, you probably thought you were getting going to be getting numerous receptions or plays going to the end zone on the offensive side of the field. And instead, your first career touchdown comes on a pick six. How surreal is that? Uh, very surreal. Um, I never would have thought I would have got a, a touchdown on defense. Never would have believed that. I thought I was an offensive guy, but oh, it was just great to just be in there and finally get that touchdown. You know, that's something that I wanted to check off my list. You know, being at Kansas State, I always wanted to score a touchdown. So it felt great to just go out there and see all the fans cheering and just get into the end zone and have everybody hype for me. What, what did you see on that play? Take me through the read. Um, pretty much coach Kleinerman gave us a great call. Um, shout out coach Kleinerman. Uh, and I just saw the quarterback, uh, shoulders turn, you know, and I saw my guy sit down on the hitch and I just, I just jumped it. I saw the ball coming and then I saw daylight, nobody in front of me, just a lot of purple. So it was a great feeling. Are there advantages, Keenan, to transitioning from wide receiver to corner because you understand what receivers are looking to do, the route trees and all of that, and what quarterbacks are doing, offensive schemes? Maybe take me through what maybe some of those advantages are from, you know, that transition. Uh, just being a receiver, you just – you learn a lot about, like, the splits and alignment. And like you said, just – it helps me a lot just knowing the route tree and just where people are lined up and just seeing different pictures and – that I've seen on offense that can really just translate and help me on defense. So I say those things help me out a lot just from my offensive perspective and just yeah, transitioning it to defense. You guys are number 12 in the country now in pass efficiency defense. It's one of the best marks for K-State football in a long, long time. And, you know, maybe a little bit of a slow start, a couple big plays, miscommunication. You guys were breaking so many guys in early on in the season. You guys have been terrific over the course of Big 12 play. What what has led to this success for this team after losing so much star power on the defensive side of the football? You guys have really continued it and maybe even taken it to another level. Um, Just, just uh, growing more and just getting more comfortable out there. Um, people would like to say that we were – inexperienced you know we lost a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball so really just seeing more pictures and just playing and taking it to practice and just Monday through Friday just working those little things that maybe would have messed up on on Saturday and just correcting them so those things definitely really helped us so we could become the team that we're trying to strive to be I buried kind of the secondary lead here Keenan you know I mentioned earlier you're from Lawrence you guys play KU Saturday it's the first ranked matchup between the two programs when both teams are ranked since 1995. What does this game mean to you? Man, uh, this is a game I always grew up going to. Uh, I'd always be on the hill just playing football, uh, tackling, two-hand touch, and just watching this game. So being able to play in it is an amazing feeling, you know, something I dreamed of, honestly. And just I'm just so excited to get down there, get to Lawrence, you know, all the my family and friends are going to be there, so. It's really going to be a good time, you know. I'm excited. Did you grow up a KU fan, Keenan, just being in Lawrence? Yeah, definitely. I grew up a huge KU fan, big KU basketball fan, football fan, and then came to Manhattan and things switched up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Did 
did they re- remind me because I believe they made a late push for you on the recruiting trail, but were they, were they in on you early on in the recruitment or did they just come after you late in the process? Um, they came on late in the process. Uh, they didn't recruit me as much in my, in the early set of it. So, um, at that time I was already committed to Kansas state, you know, and I just, I feel like it was the right decision for me and I'm happy I made it. A couple more and we'll get you out of here, Keenan, but we know KU's offense over the last couple of seasons, they've been really good you know, they have a great scheme with Andy Koldernicki, their offensive coordinator, Lance Leipold, and what they're doing there. What what challenges does their offense maybe present? What are the same, some of the things you guys are focused on heading into this matchup that you need to be cognizant of? Uh, just they do a lot of things, a lot of different things on offense, just from motions and just the different alignments and different sets you see. You know, you have to be prepared for each and everything that they bring out, and they switch up a lot of things. So we've been working hard this week just seeing the different pictures and just locking things in so we can be ready on Saturday. Yeah, you always hear people talk about that they play with your eyes a little bit. I mean, even when you're watching a game on TV, like some of their schemes that they do, it it definitely is a little tricky and you got to be on all alert with what they do. Hey, last question. I I asked Austin Moore this question when we had him on last week, and you guys have had a lot of guys who return for a sixth season uh, this year. You have eight or nine guys. I I believe due to the COVID season, you have one year of eligibility remaining. have you given any thought to a potential six season in Manhattan? I've definitely given some thought to it, but right now I've really just been focused yeah. week to week on the game, the game. So, you know, that's just something I'm going to have to talk to the coaches about and everybody. So after the season, so yeah. Well, hey, Kanan, if you choose to come back, we'll be thrilled to welcome you back to Kansas State. But if not, regardless, we appreciate all you've done for this program and uh, best of luck on Saturday. Best of luck the rest of this season. We'll all be rooting for you and uh, looking forward to you guys finishing the season really strong. Appreciate you, Keenan, and appreciate Riverbank Brewing and Wildcat NIL for making this segment possible. So go support them. And uh, Keenan, thank you so much. Best of luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. We really appreciate uh, Keenan for jumping on with us as always, and we appreciate Riverbank Brewing and Wildcat NIL for making this collaboration a possibility as we bring you a K-State football player on 3MA each week. So, Curry, let's talk about the Kansas-K-State game this weekend. It's uh, it's the most anticipated showdown, Sunflower Showdown, since 1995. The last time both teams were ranked was 1995 when Kansas State actually won that game 41 to 7, KU 25th in the college football playoff poll, K-State 21st. And so, you know, just in general, I mean, you're a Kansas guy. Like how much does this game mean to you as a player from the state of Kansas? It means a ton and it means a ton for for a variety of reasons. I think first and foremost, it's just it, it's it's our biggest rival. Um, it's, it's the, you know, if you grew up a K-State fan, it's the school you grew up cheering against. And, and in a lot of ways, at least up until recently, uh, the, the, the staff, you know, the, the various coaching staffs they've had at KU have not recruited a lot of the guys that we've had success with, whether walk-ons or scholarship guys. And so there, there's, you know, a lot of guys have a chip on their shoulder going into this matchup because, you know, there's two, there's two high profile schools in Kansas. And a lot of times only one of them recruits you and gives you an opportunity. And so there's that to it. And then I think the last layer to it is, you know, especially as these guys are now, uh, the, the the rivalry has been so lopsided for the last 15 years and taking away a couple years in the in the middle 2000s, really for the last 25 to 30 years. Um, and, and so there there's a, you know, there's a little bit of a pressure to carry on that legacy and to not be the team that breaks the streak. Um, and so that, all of those things, you know, put place together makes this a, a really powerful matchup and, and, and really makes, you know, gives, gives it a lot of, you know, gives it a lot of importance when you're talking about the K-State side of things. Kansas State has traditionally, Curry, had way more Kansas kids on the team than KU, right? I think, I think this year K-State has over 50 Kansas kids. KU has under 30. They're getting more Kansas kids. They're getting more walk-ons to come in from the state of Kansas. Uh, Lance Lloyd, Leipold's improving there, but they have always been a little underwhelming when it comes to the Kansas numbers. I mean, how significant is that to have, you know, that number of Kansas kids on your roster in a game like this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredibly significant. And I, I think history, and I don't I don't have data to support this, but I do think history would show that that being that that being being the team with more Kansas kids leads to more success, both with respect to this rivalry. And even outside of this rivalry, I mean, when KU was having a lot of success under Mark Mangino, they were loaded with Kansas kids. When you think back to guys like Jake Sharp and and Daryl Stuckey um, and and uh, Kerry Meyer, and, and the list goes on and on and on. They had a lot of Kansas kids that if Bill Snyder was in was still at the helm at Kansas State back in those days, I don't think those kids go to Lawrence. Um, and so I think having Kansas kids ha- ha- leads to success. I think those kids those kids are great leaders in the program. They help getting other. They help get others to buy in, and then I think with respect to this matchup, it it helps. They help their teammates understand the importance of it, and the significance of it, and so I think there's a lot of benefit to having Kansas kids on your roster if you're K State or KU, 
unfortunately, whether it's Coach Snyder or Coach Kleiman, our coaching staff for the last 30 years, minus Ron Prince, have placed a significant emphasis on having Kansas kids on the roster. So let's look at the actual on-the-field component. KU's got a great offense. Let's start there, then we'll transition to the defense and wrap this up. So KU, we know their offense is great. We don't know who's going to be a quarterback. Uh, they're playing they're really coy right now. Andy Koldenicki said today, we're recording this on Wednesday night, he said that Jason Bean took some reps today in practice. He hadn't practiced earlier this week, suffered a, a head injury, according to Lance Leipold, in the Texas Tech game. So Kansas State doesn't know if it's going to be Jason Bean or freshman walk-on quarterback Cole Ballard, who played the majority of the game against Texas Tech and their 16-13 to loss. But Regardless of who is at quarterback, it's they've got talent on this KU offense, and I think we all agree it's a really good scheme that Andy Koldenicki and Lance Leipold have. So what are the things that you see that will potentially challenge this K-State defense, and and where do they really be, need to be cognizant and aware to you know win this football game and control that KU offense? Absolutely, and I think you're right. I mean, a lot of, you know, that Koldenicki and, and Coach Leipold and their staff, they deserve a lot of credit for the work that they've done. I mean, they've, they've built a really powerful offense um and i i think you know first and foremost i know that the game plan probably changes a little bit depending on who's a quarterback but i think it, if it's jalen daniels jason bean or cole ballard i don't think it matters i think k-state k-state should you know k-state should win this football game um and, and as to cole Bow- ballard versus jason bean i think you know obviously if it's jason bean you have to you have to respect his running ability a little bit more but i don't think the game plan is all that different whether it's Ballard or Bean, you want to stop. You want to stop Devin Neal, stop Daniel Ishaw, and and force them to beat you in the air. I mean, we've seen over the course of the last several years with Jason Bean and last week with Cole Ballard, these aren't necessarily quarterbacks who are going to kill you through the air. Um, so I think you take the you know the approach that Iowa State and Texas Tech and Oklahoma State and some of these other schools have taken, and and you load the box, you make it, you make them beat you through the air. Um, and I think we've seen so far this year that the three three five defenses have given them a little bit of trouble as far as running the football goes. And so it's 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 bottling up Neil, it's bottling up Highshaw, it's making sure that Bean doesn't get outside the pocket and beat you with his feet, and it's making him stand in the pocket and 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 beat you with with throws. And now, obviously, that you know that 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 they still have a good you know they still can can throw the ball i mean they still have capable receivers i mean between luke graham and and lawrence arnold and skinner and mason fairchild they have guys on the outside who are very quality receivers and so our our defensive backs are going to have to be uh you know they're going to have to be on their p's and q's but but you know the game plan is not going to be all that different than it was in austin a couple weeks ago and short of a couple big plays that we gave up to, to xavier worthy and ad mitchell um, our DBs did a really nice job with those guys. And so I think, you know, the game plan is bottle up the run and make Jason Bean or, or Cole Ballard beat you. Yeah, they, I think when you look, you mentioned Arnold, Skinner, Fairchild, Grimm, Curry. Those are, th- those are four guys that have been around that KU program for a long time. Really good players. They've combined for over 5,000 yards receiving in their career and over 350 receptions. So Good players and, and some bigger wide receivers and Arnold and Skinner, both 6'3", 6'5". Um, Graham's more that guy that's going to get you that first down and uh, when you need it on third down, he also can make some big plays, though. And Fairchild, we've seen him pop open in the scene a lot. Look, I, I, I'm, I agree completely with you. I think a lot of the success for Kansas State will just be predicated on can you take away the running game from KU or can you limit them? Because so much of their system is predicated on being successful with the run. 
60% of their offensive plays are via the run. That's top 20 in the country in terms of 16th highest, actually, I think, in terms of number of plays that they run that are that are running plays. And, you know, you look at all the things they do schematically, it's based off what they they running the football. They run that speed option, drop back pass that tends to usually pop a guy wide open and play action is such a big key to their game. So completely agree with you. Let's switch just quick to the defensive side of the football. K-State, you know, like this is a KU team that there's no secrets about it. They haven't been great at stopping the run. It's been a bad KU defense for several years now. Now they're getting better. They have improved their sack rate when you drop back to pass is 8.1%. That's top 35 in the country. They're getting after you when you drop back to pass. They've created more of a pass rush. The yards per carry they're allowing per game, you know, rushing yards per carry, it's four and a half. It's not great, but it's in the, I think it's around like 89th, 90th in the country now. It was five yards per carry, which was 116th last season. So they've got a little bit better defending the run as well, but it's still a team that you, you, over their last two games, they've been good against the run. The four games before that, they gave up 5.6 yards per carry and over 1,000 yards in those four games, 270 yards per game on the ground during a four-game stretch. So is this a game where you expect K-State to just line up and try to run smash-mouth football at Kansas and then just go occasional play action on them? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I think, you know, they're, they're, like you said, I mean, they have, you know, they have some guys on the edge who can get after the quarterback and then they, they have, you know, they have really quality secondary guys. I mean, between Melo Dotson and Kobe Bryant and Kenny Logan um, and Burroughs, I mean, they, they have guys that are, that have experience and that are talented on the back end. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, the, the recipe shows you run the football, you know, you know, you run the football against this defense and you'll have success. And so I, I, I foresee us, you know, sticking to the run and, and letting the run create a lot of opportunities in the air. But I think that's, that's the recipe is you got to be able to establish the run. Well, Hey, uh, We'll go ahead and wrap this up, but uh, you want to give me a score prediction? I don't usually put you on the spot for predictions, but uh, I think for this one, I think you might be there. I'm I'm probably going to be there as well. I, I'm going to see what you think. What What's the score going to be? What do you got? I'm going to go 38 to 20. I think the Cats get it done. I think we're playing really, really well. I think our guys, like I said, I mean, it, Coach Kleiman is going to have these guys ready to go. It seems like over the years we've played them better in Lawrence than we do in Manhattan. Um, and so I think the Cats come out, and I think the Cats win by a couple scores. We'll take that. I, I had K-State 38-31 to 31 on our uh, KU pregame pod on 3-Maw, and I think D.Y. and John each had it as a 6-7 to seven point K-State win as well. I'd gladly take at least a two-score win, Curry. I, I don't want to be sweating this one late, and uh, hopefully Kansas State continues the streak to 15 in a row against KU, continues to build on that, and uh, marches toward a potential nine win regular season, a chance for 10 wins overall. And who knows, you know, even though the big 12 has messed around with the tiebreaker situation, maybe Texas loses at Iowa state, maybe Oklahoma state loses at Houston. They did just lose by 42 to UCF folks. So uh, there's no telling what could happen over the next couple of weeks. And maybe K-State can still find their way back into the big 12 championship picture. So Curry, appreciate you as always for jumping on with us and doing this. Appreciate Riverbank Brewing and Wildcat NIL for bringing you the Keenan Garber interview and appreciate Keenan for jumping on with us on this show. It's been a bit of a little bit of a clunky week. I apologize to all of you. Uh, yeah, I've been out traveling, so schedule's been a little out of whack. Curry and I had to record this a little later in the week. So those of you that have come to expect this around Tuesday or early Wednesday, I apologize, but, uh, We'll get back on track next week and hopefully talk about a K-State win with Curry. So 
appreciate you all appreciate holiday distillery as well and 360 vodka and uh, appreciate wildcat nil and curry sexton thank you for listening thank you for listening to kc sports network we appreciate your support don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.